the Blue Jackets are going to try and make it uh, a two-game winning streak as they take on the Nashville Predators tonight. I've got Anne Kimmel from Locked on Preds here to tell us all about her team, uh, who we should keep an eye on, and of course, we've got some goalie talk. That's what's coming up today on Locked on Blue Jackets. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, uh, excitement, all of the above, and more about your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So if you haven't hit subscribe over there, then... Uh, I would super appreciate it. It helps me out. It helps you out. Everybody wins, uh, like I said at the top of the show. Today, we're talking to Anne Kimmel of Locked On Nashville Predators. Uh, we're talking a little bit about how kind of off-season they had. We're checking on some former Blue Jackets, uh, Matt Deshane and Ryan Johansson. And also uh, a little bit of goalie talk because we love goalies on this podcast. So uh, I'm just going to get right into it. So the Blue Jackets have uh, lost some games against some pretty good teams. They've won a game against a not-so-good team. And I feel like the Nashville Predators are kind of in that creamy middle of teams. Probably going to make the playoffs. Probably not a cup contender. So this could be a real test of how the Blue Jackets actually do uh, in terms of facing teams that are kind of in the same bracket as them. And I thought, hey, let's uh, let's bring Anne Kimmel on from Lockdown Preds. Because on this show, we love Anne. We've got all the time in the world for Anne. And uh, she has lots of really great thoughts and opinions about the uh, about the Preds. So uh, welcome on in, Anne. Thanks for thanks for coming on. I am always, you know, I love to talk hockey and a number of other topics with you, Jay. So anytime, and I'm here for hockey screaming in the void. So I, I'm right with you. Yeah, I feel like we're maybe living some parallel hockey lives. Yes, it's uh, sometimes you just have to yell into the void about. <laughs> your team um so i guess let's uh let's just start off with uh just a, a kind of a, a general question how did the preds do this off season i feel like they made a couple of additions they lost a couple of players uh but for the most part i feel like they're basically the same team more or less i would i would go out on a limb ignoring how the actual regular season and statistics are but i would go out on a limb and say that the national predators are actually a, a better team this season than they were last season now that maybe early on is not translating like i said the way we want it to on the ice but nashville had two kind of glaring issues well had three glaring issues and it off season they addressed two of them one was last season, the Predators just could not generate second line scoring to save their lives. And so they went out and they picked up Nino Niederreiter. And so far has been great. Um, I think Nino's got four goals in five games. So we're seeing that second line producing, which has solved one of the problems. The other problem was last season, Nashville just did not really have a lot of depth defensively. And 
kind of became a, a little bit of, as we say, a hitch in the giddy up for Nashville down down the stretch. So the Predators really lucked out and lucked into picking up Ryan McDonough from the Tampa Bay Lightning. And they had money issues, cap issues, and McDonough became available. And so he joined the Predators in the offseason. That is, I mean, it's a great addition. You know, McDonough's got, you know, tons of talent, a little bit older. Everybody says, oh, he's a little bit older. There's nothing wrong, first of all, with being a little bit older. Second of all, um, great experience on and off the ice. Like this is somebody who's won back-to-back cups. He has experience going the distance in the playoffs and in the postseason. There's a little bit of growing pains because right now McDonough is paired with one of our great defensemen, Matthias Ekholm, but they both played the same side. So Ekholm in the off season, when they were eyeing McDonough, uh, the coaching staff went and said, would you switch sides? And so there's some growing pains in Ekholm kind of learning how to play the right side and in, in, in that pairing. But I think really good things are eventually going to come from that. So on paper, where it counts for nothing, we're a better team. <laughs> it's just not translating yet this early in the season on the ice like we'd like it to. Yeah, it feels like there's been a couple of, of hiccups. Like the the Preds, in fairness, the Preds are kind of about where I expected. Uh, they are two two and one to mm-hmm. start the season. Um, they had a bit of a a bit of a shocker in the uh, Tuesday night game against the LA Kings, but for the most part, it uh, it seems like it's it's going well. And of course, because it's the Blue Jackets, we have to ask uh, about the two former Blue Jackets on the team. Uh, your personal favorite. Uh, Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson. They both got three points in five games to start off the season. How are they looking? Um, are they going to cause trouble for me personally in tonight's game? <laughs> well, I hope so. Said with love. I hope so. Um, Matt Duchesne is coming off of a franchise record-setting season. He scored the most goals in franchise history last season with 43 goals. Just absolutely incredible. He's on a line with Philip Forsberg and Mikhail Granlin. And Mikhail Granlin is like the secret sauce on the Big Mac that really makes it amazing. So everybody is just better with Mikhail Granlin on the ice. Duchesne's had a little bit of a rough you know, start out of the gate, uh, maybe not producing offensively. He has an empty net goal, um, which still counts for a goal. Hey, but they don't ask how, they ask how many, you know? That's right. That's right. It still shows up the same way on the scoreboard. Um, Had a little bit of trouble with penalties, which is a, a Nashville Predators um, phenomenon, you know, like the world dealt with COVID, COVID-19, the Nashville Predators deal with penalties. It's like the thing that just they can't get over. Um, so that's a little bit of an issue. So Matt Duchesne, a little bit rough out of the gate. Ryan Johansson is Ryan Johansson. And, you know, first of all, everybody in Nashville just loves Ryan Johansson. They love his energy. But Nino Niederreiter is now playing with Johansson. And the two of them were together in, when they played for the Portland Winterhawks. And we're really, really great friends. And so literally when the two of them take the ice, it's like we hear that Peaches and Herb song, reunited and it feels like they, there's magic. Like the two of them together really is magic. So I think Ryan Johansson is going to have an incredible season. He had a great season last year. I think one of his best. Um, and, and I expect, especially with Nino Ryder with him, that Johansson is going to continue that. So high hopes for both of your former Blue Jackets. Just, you know, we, we need to maybe 
Matt Duchesne just needs to kind of work on the penalties a little bit, but otherwise lovely. Yeah, no, I've I've always had a soft spot for Ryan Johansson, and like I was wow. thrilled with the trade when it went down. Obviously, mm -hmm. picking up Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson, like that felt like an easy win for the Blue Jackets. Obviously, you know, down the line, Seth Jones is no longer here, but I still every time Ryan Johansson does well, I'm like, yeah, that's that's my guy. Like I yes. think he was he got a bad rep in his like end, the end of his tenure with the Blue Jackets. He didn't gel with Tortorella, um, and so mm -hmm. it is. It's really great to see him succeeding on another team even though i feel like a lot of blue jackets uh fans do not remember him as fondly as i do really which is unfortunate. Oh, wow. yeah i think he yeah he got a kind of a bad rep for being like lazy i think yeah um yeah. and i think he's just one of those players that and like brandon Saad got the same thing and um, i think it's just some players don't look like they're trying very hard even though they are mm -hmm. and some yeah. players look like they're trying super super hard all the time and i think it's Kind of, it's, it's a yeah. matter of perception. So I think that's kind of where where Ryan Johansson kind of failed with um, Tortorella and, and some of the fan base. But uh, hmm. you know me, yeah. Anne. You know how much I love goalies. You know how much I love UC Saros. Yes. So let's, talk, let's talk about UC Saros. Coming off a Vesna-nominated season, how has he been for this team so far? So UC Saros, we didn't see a ton of him in the preseason, especially because the Predators were kind of having like a goalie off for the backup goaltender. We had Connor Ingram kind of homegrown and then the Predators signed Kevin Lincoln. In. And so much of the preseason and the preseason games were going back and forth between the two of them, deciding who was going to get the spot. Eventually, Connor Ingram was placed on waivers. We are heartbroken in Nashville. He is Arizona's game. They must treat him well. Um, so UC Saros, we're just now kind of regularly seeing him. And Saros is one of those goaltenders who does best with consistency. So, and, and traditionally kind of there is this, and I don't think that it's urban legend. I think it's probably statistical that UC Saros is a slow starter. So it kind of takes him some games to, to get into his groove. Now he's not done poorly by any stretch of the imagination, but there are some saves uh, that we have seen him make where we're like, that's our Vesna Saros. There have been a couple goals where we were like, you know, Saros, like late March would have had that last year. You know what I'm saying? Like he just, he's warming up. Um, I could definitely see Saros again being in the running for a Vesna because he really is, you know, I, you know, his age, people are saying he's kind of at the top of the bell curve. Is he kind of going over the bell curve for goalie performance? He really is still exceptionally good. Um, Fun size, you know, we've talked about this. Saros is fun size, but he's so efficient in net. His, you know, his edge work is incredible. So I do expect we're going to see a really good season from him. He had the most starts last season. He's probably not going to get quite as many this season with Lankanen because I think the Predators feel pretty confident with Lankanen. But we're going to see a lot of Saros, and the more he plays, the better he's going to get. So I really do expect to have another really good season from use. Yeah, you uh, you love to you love to hear it. Like I say, I've got a soft spot for UC Saros. Uh, I like when he succeeds. Again, hopefully he yeah. doesn't succeed as much as he normally would uh, in tonight's game. But for the general overall season, uh, I would not be mad to see UC Saros get another Vesna nomination. Um, and in a minute, we're going to flip the script. And uh, Anne's going to ask me some questions about the Blue Jackets because I don't know if you guys are locked on Predator. They had kind of a big off season. Uh, so we're going to talk about all of that and more in just a minute.
First, I've got to tell all of you about Bet Online because it's your number one source for all betting football and the basketball season starts soon or started last night, maybe. So if you want to put money on, uh, I don't know, the Cleveland Cavaliers winning the baseball trophies, uh, <laughs> you can find all the latest player developments and team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game for basically every sport you can think of. It remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Uh, they've got live betting, up to the minute scores for every sport out there, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, uh, the NFL, the NHL, uh, horse racing car racing like f1 nascar all of the sports that you can think of you can go to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to learn more and uh, maybe try and win some money because bet online is where the game starts and where this second segment is going to start is uh with Anne asking me some questions about the blue jackets so uh take it away Anne. Okay, I have many questions, but like you said earlier, the biggest question in Nashville, and I think probably the biggest the biggest move in the NHL in, in many off-seasons is Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny Hockey coming to Columbus. So talk me through that. First of all, I'm curious about what has the fan base response been to this, and how is it going? Yeah, so I think the... The Johnny Hockey signing was huge for two reasons. I think you can't deny his on-ice presence. He had 115 points last season. Uh, He's a point per game so far. He's got uh, two goals, two assists. Um, Highlight real goal on Tuesday night. Oh, gosh, yeah. uh, Where, I don't know, like, if you guys haven't seen it, like, Preds fans, just go and look at the goal that he scored against the Canucks. End-to-end wraparound, just that's why Johnny Gaudreau, the big bucks. So, like, on-ice incredible like that's that's why you signed him um off ice is just as big i think but in a more kind of subtle ish way um columbus has for a long time been the the laughing stock of the nhl i think why would anyone want to go to columbus columbus is a terrible city um the team is bad like you know we've had this for the last you know 22 years it's been why would anyone want to go to columbus and then for johnny gaudreau to turn around and be like well actually I want to go to Columbus. I think a lot of fans of other teams, uh, a lot of maybe players on other teams are like, what does Johnny Gaudreau know that we don't? You know, mm-hmm. like uh, there was a lot of talk about how he was going to go home, you know, maybe sign in Philadelphia. If Philadelphia had the cap space, is he a flyer right now? Probably. But they decided to spend $10 million on Tony D'Angelo and Rasmus Ristolainen. So, you know, it's it was, it was a non-starter, you know, he... Yeah. Turned down more money from New Jersey. He turned down more money from Calgary and an extra year to come to Columbus, you know? And that's, for me, that's the important thing. Like, yeah, his on-ice production is going to be, like, uh, he's going to set records in Columbus. Um, yeah. Obviously, right now, Patrick Lyon is out with an injury, so I don't think we've seen the very top of what we're going to get from Johnny Gaudreau because those two played together basically all preseason, all training camp, and they the chemistry, you could just watch it grow game and game and game. Um, mm-hmm. So when Line is back, I'm expecting those two to really explode. But for me, it's the off-ice stuff. Um, every single fan to a person is so, so excited for Johnny Gaudreau uh, to really show people that Columbus is a city that they should want to live in. It's the city that they should want to play in. Like, it's... 
Am I, am I biased? Maybe, but Columbus is a really great city. It's a really great town. Mm-hmm. Um, every former player that's played in Columbus has nothing but good things to say about the city, the team, the setup there, you know? And it's just, it's just really great. Like, I feel like I've spent all summer talking about how much I love this move, but in my defense, it was a really great move, you know? <laughs> and I'm so excited to see how this team changes uh, both on and off the ice with with Gaudreau there. Well, and the Gaudreau move not just changed the landscape in Columbus, which, as an aside, is an incredible city. We have friends there. Incredible city. It really is. But also, it really changed the landscape of the NHL. I mean, this was this move was huge. Uh, just the repercussions across the board were just really shook up the NHL, which I think is kind of fun. So I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it, too. Not going to love it a ton, you know, tonight, but I'm loving it, you know, in general. I agree with you. So Blue Jackets got their first win of the season against the Canucks on Tuesday night. First three games. Now, I do have to say this. I know they were losses, but you all started out of the gate with a little bit of a brutal schedule. You had Carolina, Tampa Bay, and St. Louis. Like, none of those are easy teams. So when you're starting out your season against teams like that, these are, you know, teams that are contenders have you gotten a sense yet of what the blue jackets are going to look like this season have you been able to get a sense just in this small regular season sample size of what this team is capable of yeah definitely um this is going to be a team that and i know that we haven't maybe necessarily seen it yet but this team feels a little bit like it's going to be um a little bit reminiscent of the Florida Panthers of the last couple of seasons where they just kind mm. of outscore their defensive woes. Columbus got a little bit older, a little bit bigger on defense. Um, whether they got better, I'm not going to say one way or the other. Um, I personally would not have signed Eric Branson for $4 million for four years, but to his we credit... We can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, to his credit, uh, he has not been as brutal as I thought he was going to be. Uh, I thought he had a really good game against Vancouver. Um, he's got two points in four games so far. So he's, and you know, he hasn't taken any dumb penalties that I'm aware of. So, you know, it could be going a lot worse. Um, by all accounts, really great guy. And also the thing about Erica Branson is um, I think he was pretty instrumental in getting Goudreau to Columbus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, does it, does it make up for that contract? Maybe a little bit. Um but it's a it's a very, for the most part, a very young, very inexperienced defense with a more experienced offense. Um, and so I think it's probably going to be, there's going to be some some hairy games out there, I think. There's going to be a lot of high scoring games. Um, Elvis Muslikens missed the first two games due to illness, so they had to play mm-hmm. their uh, third string guy. Jonas Kopsalo is on IR right now. Um, so they ended up playing their baby Russian goalie, Daniil Tarasov, who uh, I thought was excellent against Carolina. Not as excellent against Tampa Bay, but I mean, who is these days? Right, um, right. I thought Elvis needed That's to be a big better. ask. Yeah, exactly. Hey, your first two games of the season are Carolina and Tampa Bay. Good luck, you know? Yeah. Um, he made 39 of 43 saves against Carolina, um, was not as good against Tampa Bay. And then Elvis really struggled against St. Louis. I think it was five goals on 25 shots, but he again was excellent last night or mm-hmm. Tuesday night against um, Vancouver. I think he ended up making 30 should find this uh, i think he made 36 he had 36 shots so we would have made 33 saves um yeah and after allowing two goals on his first five shots of the game he really settled down and that feels more like the the game against the canucks was not without its flaws but it did feel more like the 
team that we're going to see in the season, uh, generally speaking. Because like you mm-hmm. say, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and St. Louis is a rough, that's a rough opening gambit. That's um, rough. Especially when you don't have your first two goalies. Uh, Patrick Laine went out, I think, five minutes into the second period of the first game of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's probably, he's done for at least another couple of weeks. So uh, the Blue Jackets have kind of had some, a rough start to the season. I think they're probably a better team than appears on paper. Um, they just have to regress to the mean. So hopefully yeah. they can kind of continue on what they did Um on Tuesday against the Canucks, sorry, Anne, but I hope they can continue that against the, <laughs> against the Preds uh, tonight. Yeah. Well, and I will say this, you know, I know you love UC Saros. You know that I am a huge Elvis Merzlikens fan because he is a Latvian and I love, we love our Latvians for sure. So looking at the team as a whole, is there kind of a surprise player early in the season that, that you're like, hey, this might not be somebody you know to keep an eye on, but keep an eye on this player? Uh, yeah, so Nick Blankenberg, mm-hmm. free agent college signing, played all four years at the University of Michigan, did not get drafted, signed his entry-level contract at the same time as Kent Johnson uh, last season, had a, I think he played eight games last season, was a real kind of, I think made a lot of people stand up and be like, oh, wow, this kid's good. Uh, mm-hmm. Made the team out of training camp, healthy scratch for the first three games, played against the Canucks, was maybe the best player on the ice um this wow. kid's listed at five nine that feels a little generous um <laughs> but he plays he plays like he's six six uh, he had five hits uh, against the canucks not a couple of like really big ones uh had four shots on goal almost scored a goal was just all over the ice this was a kid that is playing like he doesn't want to be healthy scratched again which is phenomenal. love it so um he's not you know a zach Wierenski type player yet he doesn't have that um reputation but he is a guy that if i'm nashville i'm worried when he's on the ice um because he yeah. just was he was phenomenal against the Canucks, and i think he's only gonna get better i love stories like that i don't love them when they play the preds but it is really it's cool to hear about players like that that come into the league this way and who are just like i'm gonna earn it I'm going to earn it. Love it. Well, coming up, Jay and I are going to tackle the matchup tonight, and we're going to stay friends by the end of it, I'm sure. But we're going to talk about keys to the game and uh, maybe make some bold, spicy predictions. That's just kind of how we roll. Uh, First, Juana, thank you for making Locked on Predators and Locked on Blue Jackets your first listen today. When you are done here, go make your second listen game to game NHL. They have every moment, every top performance, every result from across the league. Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked on hosts can deliver. You can follow Game to Game on Locked on NHL. It is available on any of your podcasting platforms and also on YouTube. So check it out. All right, Jay. So it's time to just get down to it. You know, we've been friends. We're going to remain friends. But so let's talk through first before we get heated. Let's talk through keys to the game. What is a key for the Blue Jackets if they want to walk away with a win against the Predators tonight? Um, Probably figuring out how a power play works. Um, (laughs) You know, we we talked about this a little bit, a little bit off camera. The Preds have been taking a bunch of penalties. The Blue Jackets power play remains uh, haunted by the ghosts of Nationwide. Um, They haven't scored a power play goal yet this season four games in a little bit concerning i don't think they've taken 
a ton of power plays and i don't have the the numbers in front of me for how many they've actually taken but they mm-hmm. have not yet scored one so uh against and especially against the uh the canucks who i believe had a 50 percent success rate of killing penalties um coming into the game wow so, okay like, this is if they're ever going to figure it out it's against this team and then they they allowed a shorthanded goal and i was like this feels this feels oh, fine feels this feels on brand for the blue jackets so that's that's a big <laughs> thing for me it's going to be special teams the penalty yeah. kill has been pretty good uh they are 17th in the league right now which for the blue jackets is pretty good um the thing that and the, the other thing that needs to get better is uh if this turns into a scoring race uh, mm-hmm. It could get a little a little hairy. Nashville loves to score goals. Um, obviously, we're looking at Nino Niederreiter, who has mm-hmm. four goals in four games. Um, he's got a pretty good Cy Young campaign that he's building here. Um, no assists, four goals. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, Matt Duchesne can score. Roger Hansen can score. Um, Kale Granlund uh, apparently doesn't like to score goals, but I assume is capable of doing so. Philip Forsberg. He loves to help others. <laughs> Got a lot of goal scorers, so for yeah. the Blue Jackets to uh, really shut down those guys, I think it's going to be key. Um, it's going to be, it's going to need to be more of a defensive effort than uh, previous efforts have been so far this season. Uh, the Blue Jackets have allowed, I think, seventeen goals in four games so far. So if they could do, make that a little, just a little tighter on defense, that would be uh, that's one of the keys to the game for me. Yeah. Well, you say that your power play needs some practice. Well, we are here to help, my friend, because the Nashville Predators took nine penalties in their last game against the L.A. Kings. You know, the game that we were up 3-1 beginning the third period and lost in a shootout. Why penalties, my friend? The Nashville Predators have to stay out of the penalty box. I always say there are no snacks in the sin bin, and these men go in there and out of there constantly looking for, like, a built bar. I don't know what the deal is. The Predators have to address their penalty situation, and I understand that the Blue Jackets, like, yeah, they're just warming up on the old power play, but at some point in time, you know, and it it happened on Tuesday night, the LA Kings took advantage of this. Teams are going to make Nashville pay. And so for Nashville to stay competitive in this game and in any games down the stretch, they have got to limit penalties. And and they're not even the smart penalties. They are the dumb, I just got beat penalties, you know. So Nashville, I mean, really and truly, the, the number one thing Nashville has to do differently in this game tonight is they have got to stay out of the penalty box. Can they do it? My friend, I just don't know. <laughs> Yeah, this could be a real immovable object meets unstoppable force or whatever <laughs> the saying is, you know? Something's yes. gotta something's gotta go here. It's either gonna be something's the Preds stop taking penalties or the Blue Jackets finally figure out how to score a power play goal. Um I think like losing line A obviously is a big, big loss to the power play, yeah. but also there are other people on this team that can score goals, I promise. I've seen them do it, so I don't know why they can't do it when <laughs> there's an extra man out there. But um let's uh Speaking of scoring goals, let's uh, mm-hmm. let's make some some bold predictions. Um, I've been okay. asking all my Squadcast uh, guests to do this, and I've been trying to do it myself on uh, on every game preview. Final score of the game, Oof. and who do you think opens the scoring for the Predators? All right, now I just we're going to be friends after all these predictions. Just so yeah. we're clear, <laughs> um, final score. I'm going to say five two Nashville. And scoring, I'm actually, I'm going to go with the guy who opened the scoring on Tuesday night. And that is a young player named Cody Glass. 
Uh, Cody Glass, I don't know if you've watched the Behind the Glass. It's a docuseries that NHL Network did, and they featured a lot of his story. This is a, a young man who has had a rough go getting into the NHL, and he is hitting his stride, and he's playing fourth-line minutes. But every minute he is on the ice, this is a young player who is dangerous, and his goal on Tuesday looked so much like a Philip Forsberg shot that we had to double check the number to make sure it wasn't. So this is somebody who is, he is feeling himself. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Cody Glass is going to start the scoring for the Nashville Predators. All right. So what what do you have for this? Yeah. Well, well first off, I want to say, you know, you, you talk about Nick Blankenberg being a great story. Cody Glass is also a great story. Um, I've been covering him. the AHL for a couple of years. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, paying attention to the, the Milwaukee Admirals. And he played for the Chicago Wolves on yes. that weird COVID year, I believe. And I remember he stood out then. So, yeah, you love to see players that have gone through kind of that kind of adversity succeed. So, again, do I want him to succeed tonight? Maybe not. But all, all the goodwill <laughs> in the world, Cody Glass, you know. Um, yes. Real, real nice kid by all accounts. So, Love him. Uh, we are, we are rooting for him. Any other night. Um, in terms of my final score, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say four two Blue Jackets. Um, okay. because this is locked on Blue Jackets. I have to vote. <laughs> if I don't root for my guys, who will? You know. Um, I feel that. And in terms of of opening the scoring, I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Um, I'm. You know what? I'm gonna guess Igor Chinikov. Um, another young player. He had a phenomenal yep. preseason, led the NHL in preseason scoring. He had six goals in six games. Hasn't scored yet in the regular season, but he's made a bunch of really good plays. Uh, two points in four games, and uh, it just it feels like it's coming for him. Yep. Uh, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna click sooner or later. Um, so Igor Chinukov is my uh, is my choice for person to to play player to open the scoring. Um, and I think that's kind of everything that you guys need to know about the Preds, the Blue Jackets, the upcoming matchup. Uh, but if people want to learn more about the Predators, if they want to uh, be like me and end up caring an inordinate amount about UC Saros, uh, where can people find you and your podcast? So you can follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, any podcasting platform. And we are also on YouTube. And if you want to ever chat Nashville Predators or musical theater or dogs, any wide variety of topics, you can find me on Twitter at K underscore Mama on Ice. We're going to have to do some kind of thing about musical theater soon and like 100%. give 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 players like musical theater songs or something because that is also one of list. my great I loves in life. List. So we're going to have to get together and do that at some point. But uh, if you, uh, I mean, Blue Jackets fans, you know where to find me, Locked on Preds fans. Uh, if you want to catch up with the Blue Jackets, uh, you can find me over at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find the podcast wherever you find Locked on Preds. Uh, any podcasting app of choice on uh, YouTube as well. Uh, thank you for making Locked on Blue Jackets and Locked on Predators your first listen of the day every day. Uh, Anne and I, and uh, also Nick, who is, couldn't be here today, uh, super, super appreciate every listen, every watch. Uh, you guys, you guys rock. And uh, hopefully it's a fun game tonight. I hope everyone has fun. I just, I hope that my guys have a little bit more fun than Anne's guys, which is <laughs> the, uh, the opposite. But uh, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode where I will be breaking down the Blue Jackets game and we'll be breaking down the Predators game. And until then, everyone, uh, make sure that you stay locked on.